for joining us here online. We appreciate you so much, and we're so glad that you will be a part of our service today. We're continuing our series on I Am. Uh, Jesus, what Jesus said about himself in his own words, and today we're going to look at three different aspects of what Jesus said. He said he was the way, the truth, and the life. We find this scripture in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. It says this, Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come to get you. So you will always be there with me where I am and know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. This is a very serious passage. It's a, probably one of the most important passages of the New Testament, in my opinion, because Jesus says exactly who he is. He, this I am is the I am of, of Jesus, says he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we're going to break that down and look at each one. The one thing that I want you to know just before we get there is this, that, that uh, this is just a day or two, maybe three days before Jesus is crucified, and who is he most concerned about? You look at verse, verse 1, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Jesus is more worried about his disciples and his followers than he is about his own life because in just a matter of days he will be crucified and give his life for us. And then Thomas comes up with this question or more of a statement that says, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus puts it very bluntly, I am the way. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever been lost before? I, uh, and, and if, you, if you're a man, uh, probably none of you have ever been lost before, or at least reluctant to ask directions. But anyway, it, it, it's important that we understand that we are all in some ways lost, spiritually lost, and Jesus is the way. He's the way that helps us. He is our spiritual GPS. Now, many years ago, I was, um, I was hunting, and uh, there was snow. There was really good snow, and I like to track and be very stealthy, you know, sneak, very stealthy, be, be very stealthy. And uh, anyway, I got on these tracks, and I started following them. All of a sudden, I realized I didn't know where my car was. So <clears throat> by then, I had twisted all around and, and uh, had really lost sight. Then all of a sudden, I turned around this tree and I looked and I go, oh, look it, there's another hunter here. Yeah. Then I realized it was my own tracks. <laughs> so I just walked my way back out, <laughs> which was kind of nice. Anyway, uh, it, it, uh, so, so getting lost can be easy and spiritually lost is one of those things that uh, happens to all of us. And so we need to have Jesus be our 
compass. I like to call him our HPS, our heavenly positioning system. He positions us spiritually so that we can be a part of him with heaven. He is the way to heaven. And for all of us who are are lost or who have been lost spiritually, he is our way to to heaven and to, to a relationship with him. Now, before we get too far in this, I just want to let you know that, that um, the early church was called the people of the way. They, this was even before they were called Christians, they were called people of the way. And, uh, and, and Paul even said that he was one of them. In Acts chapter 24, verse 14, he says, but I admit that I follow the way. This statement must have been so powerful to all these followers that Jesus was the way, that that's what they began to be called, people of the way. It goes on to say, which they call a cult, the way is a cult. And the reason they called the way as a cult is because it, was, it had an exclusiveness about it. There was, an, uh, there was a, that it excluded people. In other words, if you weren't the followers of Jesus, um, you know, it excluded you. And so Christianity became, in some ways, this exclusive group. And Jesus does say that in his statement. He says, I am the way. He doesn't say, I'm one of the ways. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I know it's hard for many of us Christians to to hear about Jesus being the exclusive way to the Father. But it's true. Jesus, in his own words in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, says this, For narrow is the gate, the highway to hell is broad, and the gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow. It's exclusive. There's an exclusivity about it. And the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. You see... Many of us feel like, well, what about people that have never heard? Or what about people of other religions? What, do we, what, what, what about them? What about those people? Is there some way that they can get connected? Well, Jesus speaks to us in several ways. In, in Romans, he talks about his creation speaking of the glorious splendor and power of God. Of course, his word continues to teach and point us to God. Jesus is the word of God, which we'll see in just a little bit. And because Christianity is such an exclusive group, it gives us or makes us have this responsibility to tell others about Jesus. That's why the Great Commission exists. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to preach to everyone. Why would it it make any sense at all for us not to have missions or outreach or any events here at the church if we weren't concerned about our neighbors and to be for our neighbors and to be able to have them experience Jesus the way we experience Jesus. This clearly marks for us the way to heaven. The way to God is by placing our trust and faith in Jesus, by believing in him. That's what Jesus is for us. He is the way. He is the pathway. He is the one that gives us direction and purpose. 
Our obedience leads to a better life and a more fulfilling life and one that leads us to heaven. <clears throat> when, I was, uh, when I was younger, on Sundays, we would often go hiking as a family. And I grew up in the Catskills in New York, so there were many, many trail markers, and, and you could get to a trailhead and follow a certain emblem on a tree, and it would be a certain color. So you'd follow that color, and it would take you to this beautiful vista. You could see the beautiful mountains. It was just, I, I loved hiking. But if it came to a crossroad and there were like several trails coming in, all you had to do is follow your marker. You only had to follow your marker. The one that was your color with the right destination on it. And that's the way it is with Jesus. That he is our marker. Anymore now we don't need GPSs because we have phones and we can just ping our phone if I was hunting and I could ping my place where my car is, I could walk right to it. If, if there's a cell tower anywhere near. So the reality is this, that Jesus is our tower. He keeps us connected. He's the one that connects us and shows us the way to the Father. The second thing we see is this, that Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth about God. And Jesus is, is, is God, and he is the word of God. Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father. He is the one that shows us who God is. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says this, So the word became human. And made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, even the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So Jesus be, be not only is truth, but he is the Word of God. He exemplifies and is the very Word of God. He is the Scripture come to life. In 1 John 5, verse 7, it says, For we are th we three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. So we see, we see and we understand now, and we come to this understanding that, that he, is, he is the Word of God, and the Word of God is truth. We live in a world where truth doesn't seem that important. Half-truths are not truths. We hear, we hear uh, stories and phrases like fake news, and that's really not the truth. But the truth is the best place for all of us to live in. When we live in untruth, we can't be happy. There's a, there's a guilt, there's a, there's a pressure to, to live beyond who we are. I remember one time I, was, uh, I had a friend of mine in school, and he said, Gil, why don't you have a cigarette with me? I said, okay. So I had a cigarette, I tried it, and as I was trying it, must be my grandmother was going to the grocery store because she saw me. She tells my dad. Of course, my dad confronts me. And I said, Dad, I don't smoke because it makes me sick. True statement. It did make me sick, but it was a half-truth. 
because I, <laughs> I was caught smoking. And it was better off for me to just come right out and tell him instead of trying to cover it up or tell a half-truth. So what does it mean when something's true? It means it's honest, it's straight. There's no false in it. You know, many, uh, one of the things that uh, I enjoy on television is a show called Mountain Men. And one of the guys is from North Carolina and he does everything old school. And, um, and his name is Hustis. I like the name, just Hustis. Anyway, he uses primitive methods to, to find trueness, to find straight. Uh, last week I was watching him as he began to hang rafters on a cabin that he was building. He took a string and, a and just dropped it down. It had a weight on it. It's called a plumb line. And he stood back about 20 or 30 feet from the building, held it up, and goes, okay, wait, a little bit right, a little left, okay, right there, nail it. That was showing the trueness, and that, that makes it right. That made it purpose. It, it, it made it perfectly right. So you, got, you, got, you see that this is what makes things straight and true. Jesus is our truth, and he makes us straight and true. In John 17, verse 17, it says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. The word of God is truth. Jesus himself is the word of God, so it says, Teach them to be holy. Uh, teach them to, to be, teach them your word, which is truth. So not only is Jesus the word of God, but he is truth. The thing about truth is it also provides direction for us. I, there are many times that we get lost and we uh, lose a little bit of direction sometimes. But in Psalm, verse, uh, Psalm chapter 119, verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. You see, we live sometimes in darkness, spiritual darkness, and we need, we need the light of Jesus to cast on our, to cast direction and purpose and to give us a pathway to follow so that we follow the path and it, that he leads us and directs us, and that's what God's word does for us. It helps us find the path that we need to take. And so, if, you, if you've ever been lost in the dark, many people have been in dark places in their lives as well. You understand the importance of light and see, the truth of God's word leads us out of the darkness and into the light. Truth is something you need to search for. And you need to search for it personally. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. There was this girl. This is before I really got to know Dawn. There was this girl. Her name was Gail. And I had a friend that knew Gail pretty well. So I went to Gail. I said, hey, Gail. <laughs> or I, I went to my girl and said, tell me, do you know Gail? And she goes, yeah. She goes, tell me about her. I, I may have some interest in her. And uh, so she told me she was a good musician. She could sing, a very, very good student. Uh, just gave me some really great things about her. But, you know, if I really wanted to know about Gail, I had to, you know, I had to find out what the truth really was. And I found out that 
yeah, she was a nice person, but it was not, not, something, that, um, not something that she was interested in. <laughs> in other words, I was the person that she was not interested in. Uh, so anyway, that gets you, and that gets you, let you know. But I, I really want you to know something. You must find out for yourself what truth really is. This is true, and I, I, I could stand up here and tell you all day about the miraculous powers of Jesus. I could tell you his sacrifice. I could talk to you about his passion for the poor and for the outcast, his love for people all over, but until you experience him for yourself, you cannot know real truth. He is the truth, the real truth. So not as Jesus, only the way and the truth, but he's also the life. He's the life that leads to eternal life. From the moment that we believe, Jesus provides for us eternal life. There's a story told in the New Testament in John that, that Lazarus had died and his sisters were just brokenhearted and grieved. And Martha meets Jesus on, on his way to Mary and Martha's house and she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, Lazarus would not have died. And Jesus looks at her in John eleven twenty five and 27. He says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even after dying, will live. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And then here is her profession of faith, her, her wonderful profession saying, yes, Lord, I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, and the one who has come into this world from God. So do you understand that Jesus is not only the way, the truth, but he is the one that provides the life, not only life here on earth, but life eternal? He gives us life everlasting by simply putting our faith and trust in him. This is why the passage in John is so important. He's the way to heaven. He's the truth about how you get there, and he's the one that provides the everlasting life. This week, I talked to my dad and my sister on the phone, and my dad, you know, is... He's 86, and he has a little wheeze once in a while, and his knees swell up, and my sister's a nurse, so she gets concerned, which it's okay. I believe that. But my, when she was talking to him, she said, my dad said to this, you know, this is nice. Earth is nice. I love it. It's a nice place. But then he said, but heaven is going to be far better. See, because my dad has the understanding that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so the only thing we need to do in our lives is to seek him and to seek the truth, to seek the way, to seek the life. As we close this morning, I just want to leave you with one verse. It says this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart wholeheartedly seek after him. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. 
That's what we need to be doing. We need to search for him with all our hearts. And so this week, will you do that? Will you begin the steps of seeking Jesus and his way for your life? Will you begin to seek Jesus in the area of truth and life? Because that's what he wants. He is our way. He is our truth. And he is our life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you now for Jesus and who he really is. And Lord, we're given much responsibility because we know, we've heard, many of us have heard and received Christ into our hearts and lives. But Lord, there are those out there that haven't. And maybe there are some watching even this morning that have not done that yet. Lord, this week, will you help them to seek you? And may you give a desire to each one of us who know you to even seek you more. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Now we're going to listen to an experience worship once again with Pastor Jake and the team. <laughs>